say, what are you talking about? Well, we get ready to buy something or go somewhere. We go to Walmart most of the time, right? If it's not at Walmart, where we go somewhere? If it's not at Walmart, you can't find it most of the time, right? <laughs> but I'm saying we, the deal is, if I can't find it at Walmart, I go to the next store, I go to Dollar General, I go to wherever, or the hardware store, or wherever. And so I take this idea of, of being a consumer, always consume and take it. If we're not careful, I've noticed that I'll bring that mindset into the church also. You say, what are you talking about? I'll come to church at what is church giving me? What is it that the church, you know, when I come here, it, it needs to give me something. And I, by the way, you will receive something if you come to church, praise God. But we don't come to get, we need to come to give. I want to think about that, not bringing a consumer mindset into the church. And by the way, that we are all guilty of that if we're not careful. And if we're not, here's the deal. If we're not getting it here, we'll go there. We'll go somewhere to meet our needs. See, that's a consumer mindset, really not understanding what the body of Christ means, the church, and how precious that it is. And so we, I want us to think about this partners in the gospel, we're, our title of our lesson is, as your pastor's already said, living stress-free in a stressful world. We looked at being citizens of heaven the Sunday morning. That with our citizenship is in heaven. Paul was talking about not to make this our home, but to keep our focus uh, heavenward and the things. Lay up our treasures. Lay up our treasures in heaven, not here on this earth. And then the next message was this fortified by peace Sunday evening and how the Word of God can comfort us in our stressful time and how we can find peace within the Word of God, understanding right where we're at and God's in control of all circumstances in our lives. And then we talked about stress relievers, if you remember. Stress relievers, how we need to have a biblical mindset. And when attacks come against us and when we're, we're being attacked by Satan, we can take the Word of God and we can defend our mind and we can have these stress relievers that we think on these things that help relieve the stresses that come in our lives. Tonight, I want us to think about this partnership in the gospel. How we are partners with, uh, with God and Christ through the gospel. Do you understand that Redbud Baptist Church has a purpose more than just right here in this community, but to reach not only this community, but all around and in the world at large. Can you do that right here? You better believe you can. You can be a part of that. And Paul, as he's finishing up this great book, if we've been reading about the Philippians, and last night he was talking about how to be content. Remember, he was talking about this contentment that we find in the Lord, and no matter where our situation is or what's going on, that we can be content, that we don't allow our situations to dictate whether we have joy in the Lord or not, but that we can find joy. And we talked about him being writing this letter in prison. He's not, he's not mealy-mouthing around or wanting somebody to pray for me to get out of prison. That's what we were doing, let's be honest. But he's encouraging them to find uh, this solace, to find this peace, to find this contentment, no matter where you are or what you're going through, or what you've been through. And then tonight, he's finishing up this great book as we get to chapter 4 and 14 and through 23. And let's stand or reverence God's Word, and we'll read Philippians chapter 4, verses 14 through 23. 
It says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all that abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Jesus Christ. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those who are in Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Father, for just a few minutes, thank you so much for these, these great people. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ, those that have the Spirit of God that dwells in them. And God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for what you're doing here at this church. I thank you for Debbie. And Gary and God, the ministry that's going on here, I pray in Jesus' name that God you'll just anoint this place, that you'll show us what it is that you're having to teach us to finish up our time together, what a blessedness it is. And Lord, I look forward to the day when we'll no longer be separated through space and distance, but we'll all be together praising the God forever and worshiping Him. And I thank you for that. Until then, may we be about your business and may Christ be glorified in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I want you to think about Paul's really ending this chapter the way he started out in one uh, chapter one three through five. It says, "I in three through five says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now." Paul said this church at Philippi was involved with the gospel ministry that he was in. He was, they were a partner with him. Were they in Rome? No, they weren't. But Epaphroditus had sent this gift to them, and when he received it, if we'd have stopped at verse 13, they would have thought, well, now he didn't really appreciate what has been given or what we're doing here, but he takes this last section of, of this great book, and he says, I want you to see, man, there are these... I think you guys are in this fellowship, you're in this gospel time, this message, this sharing of the gospel, you're in this ministry, you're right here with me, and we need to grasp that today as God's church, how we're partners in the gospel all around the world. I know Gary showed us a movie tonight, uh, the movie, what was the name of those movies? Dispatches. This, what is it? Dispa- Dispatches from the front. Dispatches from the front line. He said, you guys been watching that? Man, man, Santa got tore up. Why? Because we wanted to be there, man. We wanted to be over there serving the Lord and all those things. But you know what? God called me to Todd, North Carolina. And I had to be obedient. I had to even put that behind this thing that I thought God had given me that I would not let go of. You know what? He wouldn't let me go no further than my hand. What's in your hand? Well, Lord, that's non-negotiable. You gave me that. Guess what? There's no non-negotiables with God. Even the things that He called you to do. Here I am now serving at Todd. And I get to be with you good people too. But you know what? While I'm here, I'm hoping that you can grasp for a moment tonight the magnitude of what we are called to do and how so many times we miss out and the stresses of this world that we get and we get so caught up in the worry and the stress and it's because we lose focus of the purpose and what God has called us to do as a church. 
Paul wants us to recognize these observations of how the Philippians are partners with him in the gospel. And I'm first, first I want you to look at verses 14 through 16 and their sacrifice. Listen to what he said. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessity. You know what Paul's saying? You've done well. This is something noble, something beautiful. What is it? That you're, you, you sent Epaphroditus all this way. And by the way, Epaphroditus about died. Man, he's sacrificing to get there just so that they, he's in that prison. He's been 10 years since he's been at Philippi, and we talked about last night. And yet, here he shows up bringing this gift to Paul. And Paul said, I want you to understand that you've, you've done well. That's a good thing unto the Lord. He says, Beautiful. They sacrificed with him in the distress of his afflictions where he was at. And then he goes back, I love it, verse 15, he's taking them down memory lane. We like to do that, don't we? We like to go back and remember things. I, I, I like to go back and how me and Gary were in school together and how I was so much better a student than he was. And, <laughs> yeah, I know that's funny. I tried my best to beat him, but he, I couldn't do it. We had a good time. God knit us together. We're still friends because of that, you know, being together. And so Paul's taking them back, back down memory lane. He says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning, when he had established that church and the church of Philippi was first established, he said, when I departed, now we, you know, that's a lot of times when, 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 our, when this mentor, this father in the faith, when he departs, if we're not careful sometimes, what happens? The church falls apart. But Paul said, no, you, you got it. It wasn't about me or being built on me or being built on a man, but it was built on Christ. And he said, when I departed to go on to Macedonia and do my work, what happened? No church shared with me. He said, no church was involved or worried about meeting my needs except you. He takes them back down and he, and I love this statement that he makes. Please don't move, miss this in 15. He says, share with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. He's not just talking about them giving monetarily, giving other self. He's talking about them receiving also. I want us to think about how is it that they were receiving from Paul. Not only had he, he established his church, he had taught them, he discipled them, he taught them in the ways of God. But you know what? Because they were involved with his ministry, how many people did this man win to the Lord? Who knows? But that church was involved with every one of them. If we can get that as a church, it'll change us that when we're, when we're, when Gary's showing these, these films and he said, you guys have been praying for the people and all that, what, you're involved with that ministry. When we give towards offerings, when we bring our tithes in, it's not just because we just don't tithe because that's what we're supposed to do. It's part of worship unto God. And God takes those gifts, those gifts, and he produces and he goes out here and he wins people all around the world. And you know what? You're a part of that. That's partners in the gospel. And that's what he's saying is you're, you're the only ones that were involved with your giving and receiving. You see, Paul understood the principle of what they were involved with was so much greater than just him and the here and now. But he was building the kingdom. That's what we're supposed to be about, by the way. Building the kingdom. Why is that? Because by the authority of God's word, I promise you this, he's coming back. 
And that's what we're singing about, these things. And he's alive. And he's not only alive, he's coming back. He has a plan. And one of these days, we're all going to stand before the king. And he's not, and the only thing that's going to matter is what we've done for him. The first thing is, are we saved? Do we have the blood of Jesus Christ applied in our life? That's the only way we're going to stand before him. But then it's going to be, what have we done for him? And all the stresses that we get so caught up in, they're not going to matter. Why? Because that's not what he's about. Paul says, men, they're sacrificed. They sacrificed with him. They had given to him. They, were, they had received the blessing of being a partner with Paul and everybody everybody that came to know Jesus Christ, they had a part in it. In the context of the local church, giving and receiving is the norm. Paul's letting them know, man, if, you, if you're only, this, here's the deal, here's that consumer mindset. Now when we're talking about giving, it's not just monetarily or financially, but it's of ourselves, it's of our talents. I'm looking at a room full of very talented people that God has gifted and equipped in all kinds of different ways. In fact, he said that's what this is, one big body, and we function together. Each one has these gifts and these purposes that God brings together. And look at us, oh, we might look ragtag, but you know what? God gets the glory for when he brings us together and we function as that body going forward and partnering in the gospel and taking the gospel all around the world. And so I want us, as we think about these things, think about why is it that God has you here because if He has you here, it's for a purpose and you have a gift. Well, I don't have no gift. Well, then the Scriptures is lying. Because He said He brings us together for a purpose and He knits us together as a body. That's what the church is about, that purpose of serving Him and partnering together. Paul's letting them know that they're... He sees it as this sign of identification that they're moving in the right direction because they're getting it. Well, there's something about it, ain't it, Gary, when you understand when you see people grow in the Lord and they start getting it. They start understanding it's not just about the things that are going on all around you here and now in the world. And that'll chew you up and spit you out. Can anybody say amen to that? And we'll get so caught up in just, here's the deal, in just working and living and paying the bills. and All these are good things, but if that's what is consuming us, listen, that's not bringing glory to God. And that's what so much stress comes upon us because that's not what He designed us to do. He designed us to bring Him glory and function together. And all these other things work together for His good to bring Him glory. Don't just be a receiver. Be a part of being a partnership in the gospel. Don't just come to church to give. Come to church to give. And that's what Paul's telling them. You're a part of what I'm doing. How, how wonderful would that be to be partners with, with the gospel and seeing Paul and all these people and then realize, you know what? I've got a part in that. Annie Armstrong offering, you just guys just gave and Gary was just bragging about it. I heard you saw about man. Thank you for that. You're a partner with those missionaries here in the United States. How many people can say we need missionaries in the United States? Amen to that, brother. We're the third largest lost country in the world with just 330 million people. First is China with how many billions? And then second is uh, is 2 billion people in China, 1.8 billion in India. Look, and then we're third with just 330, third largest lost country in the world. I don't know about you, but that breaks my heart. Why? 
because we don't understand our place as the church, as the reaches. Now, you get, also think about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's, that's over almost 5,000 missionaries all around the world giving. You're a part of everything they do. But if we're not careful, that's all we think that we need to do is just give to that. We'll miss out on the greatest thing, and he's called you to be a missionary also. I'm looking at a room full of missionaries. Tremendous potential. Everywhere you are, young people, older people, wherever God's planted your feet, you're a missionary for God. See, we can give. We don't have sometimes we don't have no trouble giving our money towards his offering. But it's a little different when we think, wait a minute now, but he's also called me to go too. Go where? Out here in the fields. Out here buying seed, out here working, all these things, and looking at your place and your platform and realizing that you're a partner in the gospel. Man, that'll bring that'll alleviate some of the stresses of this old world when you realize that you've got a higher calling. And just those things. Two indicators of what's important is your time and your checkbook. I promise you that. What you spend your time on and what you spend your money on will determine what your God is. That's the truth. What we spend our time, what we spend our money on. I don't know about you. Sometimes, I just like to play. I'm a man. Us men, we like hobbies. We do. Come on now. Some of you chase that little white ball around. I ain't figured that one out yet. You can't eat that thing. It don't matter how much you cook it. (laughs) Some of us like to fish. Some of us like to hunt. And I realized early on that in my nature that I just like to get away sometimes, and that can consume everything in me. That can be my God. There's nothing wrong with those things, but when it becomes before God, it becomes something of an idol in my life. i got to be careful. Ladies, you have plenty of things also. I won't even touch on them, though. But I'm talking about serving the Lord with gladness. I'm talking about putting Him first. All these things are not bad things, but when they take the when they take precedence over the Lord and His thing, that's when it becomes a bad thing. Anything in our life can become an idol. Anything. Paul said their sacrifice. He was exonerating them for their sacrifice with Him in the gospel. But not only that, look at God's perspective of this sacrifice. Not that I seek the gift. Paul's letting them know. Not that I'm seeking the gift. But I seek the fruit that abounds to who? To your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. You see, it's not about him. He's not about... (coughs) Paul's not happy because he's getting their gift, their monetary gift. He's saying, I'm happy because of the fruit that's abounding, that partnership. I'm seeing you grow in the grace that you understand. I want you to know something. Philippian church was a poor church. It was poor. It talked about in 2 Corinthians that they gave from their poverty. That they gave from their, what that, what, and for want. And so it wasn't that they were, everybody knows what the rich churches are, right? Oh, that's a rich church. They got all the money. If Philippian church was one of them, they gave out of sacrifice and out of their poverty, poverty to Paul. And he said, man, that fruit abounds. He sees them growing in this generosity, this grace of generosity in their life. And they weren't just worried about survival of the fittest. Come on. Just taking care, making sure of everything. Oh, God doesn't want me. Fill in the blank. God wants you to be obedient to Him, whatever that blank. And that's what scares us to death. That's what scares us to death many times. 
Every week we give together as partners in the gospel mission of the church. The offering is a pronounced evidence of the grace only the gospel can give. You know, only the gospel brings this group together. Only Jesus Christ brings this group together. Only Jesus Christ makes us come, and we come once a we we should come more than once a week. I hope you ain't just come once a week. We should want to come to get together. Why? If we're a body, man, I want to get together with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and I just want to relax in the Lord sometimes. Don't have to worry about what somebody's going to say that they don't need to hear. Don't have to worry about somebody pointing a finger talking about me behind my back. It should never be that way in the church. It should be a place that I come and I sit with brothers and sisters, but you know what? I have a common focus. I get refocused because I'm out in the world and sometimes I'll, it gets blurred. But then I get refocused, man. This is why we're here and what we're doing. I, I love what he says here when he says that. He goes really from this idea of this commercial language to sacrificial, uh, sacrificial language. And he said, the fruit that abounds to your account, which is this understanding kind of commercial, and then it says, and it's, it becomes a sweet-smelling aroma unto God, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. That you can, by the way, that's, if you remember when, when old Noah came out of the ark, you remember that? And he built a... He built this altar unto God and he sacrificed after being in there all those days in the rain had come and flooded the earth. And you know what it said? That it was sweet smelling aroma unto God. And you know what he did? He put that old bow in the sky. Did you ever think about that? That rainbow? You look at that thing inside and say, this is where I whatever. God put it there. And it was for a sign to say that it never flood the earth again. And he said, this, this is my country boy thinking. But when I read that scripture, he says, when I see my bow, I will remember that covenant. So I'm thinking, man, when I'm looking up there at that bow, I'm getting pretty close to looking in the face of God, right? Because he's looking down at that bow, and I'm like, wow. Think about the sweet-smelling aroma. It smells good to God. It's pleasing unto him. Man, that's what we should desire. He says, when we think like this, when we give like this, it becomes this idea of this sacrifice unto the Lord. Do you realize that every part of church is worship? Every part, from the time we enter the door to fellowship, to the choir singing, all the songs that's sung, to the preaching of God's Word, the offering, everything that goes on here is worship unto God. And you know what? He said when it's done rightly, it smells good. It's pleasing unto Him. That's the language of saying it just it's pleasing unto him. And, and that's what Paul said. Man, this, this their gift could have no higher value than to understand that it pleased God for what they had done. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not do not forget to do good and share, for it's with your sacrifices God is well pleased. Start thinking about how it is that we as a community here can reach not only the greater people here, you know people all in this community that's hurting. That needs help. Unchurched people. We don't have no problem talking about them not being in church, but when was the last time you went and asked them to come to church? Then we get somewhere. When's the last time you cared enough about it to say, you know what, and get over this, that ain't my business stuff, because according to the Scripture, it is our business. Because God gave us a commission, and He told us to go out here and reach a lost world. And that means going out. It is our business to reach our lost neighbors and the people that are out there suffering around us. 
It's our business to go out, not only here in this community, but around the United States. It's our business not only to go to the United States, but around the world. It's our business. Because why? Because God gave us this commission. He told us to do it. Well, that was their sac- he talked about their sacrifice, God's perspective, that it was pleasing unto him. But lastly, look, God's promise. Verses 19 through 23. And it says, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now I want you to think about that verse. That's another one of them t-shirt verses, right? Or we put up on the wall. But where's the context again? Where is the context of this verse? What we're just talking about. It was their giving to Him as a partnership in the ministry. And my God, you know what He's saying? This was, again was a poor church. And they were given to help Paul to reach. And you know what he's saying? God's going to supply all your need in the context of them giving. If you're not giving, you can't claim this. That's what he's saying. If you're not giving to the work and your time and your talents, if you're not a part of the giving through the church, you can't claim this verse. That's the context of that verse. My God shall supply all your needs according to what? Not according to E.F. Hutton. Everybody listen? Is according to His riches. How rich is Christ? How rich is God? He just created it all. He said, I'm going to supply your need. In other words, you don't have to worry about, wait a minute, how are we going to get by? How are we going to do these things if we're helping others? He said, God will take care of that. I can attest to you right here. It's pretty obvious I've not done without. Okay? Never. Now, again, it might be our wanter might get hung up and we think that God, you can't, He said He'd meet your needs, not your wants. But I promise you, when you put the things of God first, and you put Him first in your life, you won't go without. That's not a, that's not a uh, prosperity gospel message. That's what the Word of God says. My God shall supply your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. And then he says, now the God... And I think Paul gets so caught up when he's thinking about these things that he breaks out and prays. And he says, now the God and Father be glory forever and ever. That's how Paul would do it. He'd just get to thinking about it. Now he's in a prison. He's facing uncertain times. But he's breaking out and saying, man, but my children, my Philippian children are getting it. They're partners with me. They're a, a part of this gospel. And he said, oh, he's breaking out and praise unto God. I bet you that, that jailhouse was rocking, don't you? The first jailhouse rocked. Now that was when they first started with the jail. He rocked the jail, wasn't he? Paul had a way of just breaking out and praising jail. It don't matter where you're at. You don't have to be in church to praise God, by the way. Your life is praising Him one way or the other. That's your song. That's your life song. Your heart song is 365, 24-7. How are you worshiping Him? You realize this, that there... The Philippians here, this promise that God's given, and he breaks out. He says, now our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know why Paul could do that? Because he had said, remember back in our other verses, that it didn't matter. He knew what it was to be a base. He knew what it was to abound. But he also knew that God had met every need for him. And he's thinking, man, he's done it for me, and he's doing it for them. Praise be unto God. And then if you're not careful, you'll just look over the 21 through 24 when it says, Greet every saint. Now, you know what he's doing? Don't miss this, please, the beauty of this. He says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. 
You know what he's talking about? Hey, you're, you're partners with me in the gospel and you're a part of growing the church of Christ and the kingdom of God. And guess what? They, your brothers and sisters that you have met, they send you greetings. That's what he's saying. Greet every saint who are with me. Greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are in Caesar's household. They had never been to Rome. They had never forgive the gospel to Caesar's household. How was it that they're greeting them because Paul had? And Paul said, hey, you want to see something of worth? These brothers and sisters you had a part in. And you want to get really fired up. You want to get have less stress in the world. Start investing in the kingdom of God. The ROI is out of this world. Pardon the pun. Start investing in the kingdom of God. And Paul says, man, uh, they send you greetings. We're not just talking about you, Sharon, but here's evidence of what your work is doing unto the Lord. And he's encouraging them there at the end. See, when you're in partnership in the gospel by giving to the work of God, He'll provide, He'll take care, but He'll also, you know what He'll do? He'll give you souls for your labor. That's what it's all about. Giving us souls for the label. How, do, how does he provide? He provides peace in persecution. He provides contentment in whatever circumstances we're in. He provides materially in their sacrificial giving. According to what Christ has done for us. If we line ourselves up in the partnership of the gospel. And his purposes, God's purposes. We invest in the mission of God. God is pleased and God pledges to take care of us. What about you? Well, we preached from Sunday to Wednesday night. What about you? Have we just had meetings? Have we just had times where we came and listened to some hillbilly? Talk about the Word of God. But has God caught you? Touched your life right where you're at? Has he under, have you understand maybe the stresses that you started out with Sunday morning it's not quite as stressful as they were when you began. That's what the Word of God can do for you. I want you to understand that the Word of God is for each and every one of you. You don't need a pastor just to bring you the Word of God. He's going to bring you. I promise you your pastor bring you the Word of God, but you have the Word of God every day that you can sit down with, that you can read, that you can fill your heart with, that you can find contentment. That you can find the lack of worry in your life. When worry comes, read the Word of God. Remember what He said through prayer and thanksgiving. In everything. He said you can relieve the worries of our life. We have a higher calling than just right here at Redwood, North Carolina. We have a calling to grow the kingdom of God. How are you doing in growing the kingdom of God? I want us to think about this. Are you partners in the gospel who have given to this local church. I'm talking time, talent, all these things. Not just financially, but giving of yourself to this local church. You will find purpose. You will find a lack of stress in your life. Think about it in that way. Do you see your giving as worship unto the Lord? Do you see giving yourself, being here, is that worship unto the Lord? When was the last time you invited someone to church? When was the last time you just asked somebody to come to church? And I'm not one on pushing that, which is a great thing to do, invite people to church. But I've come to realize that if somebody's not inviting somebody to come to church, they sure ain't sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's really what we should be doing, is sharing the gospel. 
You see, because it's not about, we don't invite people to church just to grow red bud. We invite people to church to grow the kingdom. And here's the deal, whether they go here or where they go somewhere else, as long as they're in church, a Bible-believing, an evangelical church that's preaching the Word of God, that they're being encouraged, discipled, then that doesn't matter. You see, it's not about the door, what's over a door, growing a church name. It's about growing a kingdom. And when we get that, you know what God does? He just adds many and people realize, you know what? It's more about just here, but it's about everywhere. And it's about people coming to know Jesus. It's about being in this partnership. It's about sharing. It's about taking our talents. It's about serving God right where you are and who you are. It's about being that missionary that God's called you to be. Don't miss the greatest calling of your life. And that is being Christ wherever your feet might plant, be planted. I'm going to tell you when, you, when you look at it that way, Monday morning won't be quite so bad. In other words, you know what? There's a lot of people, by the way, that would love to be able to get out of bed and go work. Just go work. When we see life as a mission field, you know what you can do? You, can do, you might not be a morning person. I am. My wife hates it, right? I'm whistling. <laughs> Praise the Lord, right? She said, you another cup of coffee. Don't even get near me. <laughs> <laughs> but we can look at life in that way. I'm not saying we're a morning person, but it gives you purpose. It gives you meaning. It relieves the stress of this old stress-filled world when we understand that it's more about just getting by or survival. It is about serving a master, serving a Savior. I love you guys, dear. I'll be praying for you. I look forward to hearing what God does right here in Riven. You have tremendous potential. Look, you're talking about an outsider coming in. Look, tremendous potential. Don't just get, you know, don't just pull it into overdrive and just put it on, you know, cruise control. But right now, burn white hot. Why? Because Christ is soon to return. And there's four billion people that don't know Jesus Christ. How many right here in this community that don't? And it's our responsibility. Let me pray and I'll turn it over to you. Father.